0: Welcome to the Arena Church podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. So welcome everybody and uh, you may have been expecting our lead pastor Christian to be ministering this morning. Sadly he's uh, not been well this week and uh, we trust that he'll have a speedy recovery and so it's yours truly this morning. We give everyone a very very warm welcome. Uh, Everybody that is part of Arena Church across our six campuses. We are so thankful for your ongoing support and engagement with the online services every Sunday and it may be this morning that you're joining us as a guest and for the first time and to you a particularly warm welcome and we trust that you've enjoyed the worship songs and that in the next few minutes you'll be blessed and impacted by the message from God's word. This is our final morning on the series, Unsung Heroes. It's a phrase that's uh, sat uh, so strongly within the season that we've endured in recent times, as every one of us have been impacted by the global pandemic. Here's a definition for an unsung hero. It is one who does a great job or deed and yet receives little recognition or refrains from claiming any credit for their efforts. <clears throat> and so this morning, a great big shout-out to the unsung heroes, our doctors, nurses, medics, care home workers, porters, cleaners, administrators, backroom staff, lorry dark drivers, refuge collectors, shop workers, farmers, the food supply chain. I so enjoyed the programme on TV the other night, Inside the Factory, The good people of Wigan keeping the Heinz Baked Beans factory going. And that's been replicated right across the country. Bus, train and tram drivers, emergency services, power supply staff, and so many more. Thousands of people that have committed to inconvenient shifts, great sacrifice. And sadly for some, they have paid a terrible cost. And today we salute you afresh, we honour you and your unsung efforts that really are appreciated. In line with that, Christian's been drawing on some unsung heroes from the Word of God. He reminded us of a great woman of the Old Testament who understood that she'd been called for such a time as she found herself, and she expressed extraordinary courage to save her nation. And then there was the example of Barnabas. What an encourager who empowered so many lives in the New Testament, always pushing other people forward and drawing little attention to himself. And last week we heard regarding the Old and New Testament characters of Habakkuk and Bartimaeus on the power of vision and looking forward. In a moment or two I'm going to read some verses from Romans chapter 12, and I'm going to seek to illustrate that God wants to use all of us in this expression of being an unsung hero as we draw this series to a conclusion. Romans is an amazing book, and as we come to Romans chapter 12, it's the pivot that the whole of the book hangs on. In the previous 11 chapters, God has been reminding us of our need of him and there's three things that he particularly talks about he talks firstly about our sin it simply means that each of us have missed the mark none of us have can even compare with his glory and his perfection and his holiness and we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God And then he reminds us also that salvation, that means to be rescued from our sin, is only found in Jesus Christ, who came and gave his life for us, that we might indeed be saved. And then sanctification, that is the working out of our Christian faith. The battle between the old life and the new, the Bible describes it as the flesh and the new life. People have said to me at times, it's no good me becoming a Christian. I couldn't possibly keep it up. And that is absolutely true. In our own efforts and in our own strength, it is impossible. But Romans teaches us that by the power of the Holy Spirit that indwells us, we can live an overcoming life and more and more reflect Jesus. That's a process that continues throughout our Christian journey. Unless you be in any doubt that it's God that does all this work, as we come to the end of chapter 11, there's a doxology, a song of praise to God that says, "Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom of God. How unsearchable his judgment and his paths are beyond tracing how. For from Him and through Him and for him are all things to God be the glory forever." Amen. In other words, being a Christian is opening our lives up to the purposes, the power, and the work of God through us. And then we can keep it up. And so we come to Romans 12. Therefore, and if you've been around Arena Church long enough, you'll know that when you read a therefore in the Bible, you ask yourself the question, why is it there? And it's there for a reason. And the reason is that as God has so worked in us and is working in us, he now also wants to work through us and from us so that each of us can make a difference in the world in which he has placed us. And so those opening verses ask us to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is our spiritual act of worship not to be conformed to this world but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds that we might prove the good pleasing and perfect will of God those verses have always been favorites of mine in fact over 50 years ago it was the first message I ever preached I'm sure it was a pretty poor effort trying to reflect these majestic verses and uh, but it's sat with me ever since that God wants us not to offer sacrifices as they did in the Old Testament. There was a covering for uh, and a looking forward to all that Jesus would do in perfection. But to bring our lives as a sacrifice to him. And now I want to read verses 3 to 8 that are at the very heart of what I wish to explain this morning regarding each of us living as unsung heroes. And he says these words, Romans 12, verse 3. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us... If it is teaching, then teach. If it is giving encouragement, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. This list that we've read is one of the four gift lists that are recorded In the New Testament, none of the lists are definitive. In fact, there is an intertwining, an an interweaving between them. But what they reflect is that whilst we belong to one body, the body of Jesus Christ, there are many gifts and many members of that body that express different gifts within it. And as we bring it all to a whole then it really does reflect the life of God at work in the earth. I still get people saying to me, and I have done on many occasions over the course of Christian ministry, that they believe that they don't have a gift to give to God. But here's the truth. When we give our lives over to Jesus, he puts something in every one of us that can make a contribution to the whole. In fact there's another verse in the Bible that says each one of us should use whatever gift we have received to serve others. So in our reading today prophesying, serving, teaching, encouraging, giving, leading and showing mercy. We don't have time to dig down deep on the explanation and exposition of each of the gifts. But what I'd like to do is I'd like to take seven people of history and use them as an illustration to show how these gifts can be implemented and bless countless lives. They're all true stories of unsung heroes that have made an amazing difference And in the life and purpose of God, you can bring your name and your contribution alongside. And so the Bible says we have different gifts to bring. And we bring them in the grace that God has given. So firstly and briefly, prophesying. John Wimber. The definition of prophecy is a supernatural utterance in a known tongue to speak to people for strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. On occasions, prophecy can have a foretelling element to it. God using someone to encourage others with regard to the purpose that sits over their lives. Let me take you to a church service in the early 80s in Holy Trinity, Brompton. It's an amazing Anglican church that has incredible influence, not only in the city of London, but globally. And it sits opposite Harrods in West London. At that time, Nicky Gumbel, who is now the vicar of the church, was practicing law. And one midweek evening, he came to the service straight from the bar, still in his solicitor's garb to listen to the visiting speaker from America and his name was John Wimber. At that time God was using Pastor Wimber and the vineyard movement in an amazing way through signs and wonders and expressions of the work of the Holy Spirit in the body of Christ. Gumbel was skeptical and even cynical of the work of the Holy Spirit but that night having rushed in straight from work, he found a seat next to his wife. And towards the end of the service, Pastor Wimber began to speak some words over the church. They're what we call words of knowledge. <clears throat> a little bit of what God knows being shared through the messenger to open up people's hearts. At the encouragement of his wife, Nicky Gumbel stood to his feet in response to one of the words and was prayed for as he went to the front of the church. There are occasions when the power of God can be so mighty on us that sometimes it may be difficult to stand the overwhelming presence and power of God. And on this particular night, this was the experience of Nicky Gumbel, to the extent that some people gathered round him And we're going to take him into a side room to continue just to pray and share and minister. As he was leaving the main church building, Mr. Wimber pointed him out and gave this prophetic word God is giving to that man the ability to tell people about Jesus. A little time later, Nicky Gumbel spoke to his father in the faith, Sandy Miller and made the decision to resign from the bar and to commit his life to Christian ministry. As he served as the curate of the church, he came across some old discipleship notes that had been written numbers of years later by one of the previous vicars of the church. He took hold of them and felt they'd be a great idea to to, uh, look at afresh and use as a course in the church To introduce people to the Christian faith. That became known as Alpha. And the latest statistics on Alpha are these. That Alpha has now spread into over 100 countries in the world. Translated into 100 languages. And it is recorded that over 24 million people have attended an Alpha course. In a few weeks, we have an Alpha online in Arena Church led by our friends, David and Jeanette Blythe. Please keep a lookout for that. More information to follow. But the prophetic word came to pass. God is giving this man an ability to tell people about Jesus. Number two, serving Iris Let me take you to the mid-late 19th century and the brilliant ministry of the American evangelist D.L. Moody. Moody visited the UK on several occasions and was warmly received by UK people too. Many thousands of people became Christians through the ministry of Mr. Moody. One day he was in a church service and he heard Ira Sankey playing, leading the worship and conducting a choir. He went up to him afterwards and says, I've been looking for somebody like you for eight years. Why don't you join me as my musical director as we take our meetings across North America and beyond? Ira Sankey needed time to think about this because he had a very lucrative position in the government, but God had spoken to him. And so he resigned that position, and for the next 30 years, Moody and Sankey worked together in tandem. Moody preaching, Sankey leading the music, and they were used mightily of God. They produced a very, very popular song sheet. In fact, they both could have become very, very wealthy men by taking the proceeds from the sales. Neither of them took one penny from that All the profit was ploughed back into the ministry of helping disadvantaged and underprivileged people, particularly in the city of Chicago. Here's a quote from a book in the biography of Moody. It says, "...from that day, the day of invitation, and for the next 30 years till Moody's death, Moody and Sankey continued in their labours in unbroken harmony and unity." Here's the truth. Behind every great ministry are great unsung heroes who serve and bless and make the whole happen. And we thank God for the serving ministry of Ira Sankey. Number three teaching, John Getty. John Getty was a 19th century missionary who was born in Scotland and then his family emigrated to Canada. He had a teaching gift and was called to the South Sea Islands, the New Hebrides, the New now known as Vanuatu. And he set about, in a very hostile environment, teaching the Word of God. Teaching the Word is about consistency and persistency, and it's often unsung. Getty trained many people that became believers to take the ministry out across the Isles, in what was initially an environment that was opposed to the gospel of Jesus Christ. On the 14th of December, 1872, John Getty went to his eternal reward and the people of the islands placed an inscription upon stone in one of the churches that he had pioneered through his teaching gift. And it says this, in memory of John Getty, missionary for 24 years. When he landed in 1848, there were no Christians. When he finished in 1872, there were no heathens. Thank God for the teaching gift. Number four, encouraging Dr. Billy Graham. You may say to me, Well, Dr. Graham is incredibly well known. And of course, he was. Only just a couple of years ago, just shy of his 100th birthday, Dr Graham went to be with his Lord, perhaps the most famous 20th century evangelist who spoke to millions of people in many, many big and small contexts in cities, towns and villages across the earth. But here's what I want to illustrate this morning. It was the unsung acts out of the limelight that defined the greatness of the evangelist, Dr. Billy Graham. Here's a quote from Gordon MacDonald. Gordon MacDonald um, very openly confessed a moral fall earlier in his ministry. Some of you may have read the book, Restoring Your Private World. And it was through the encouragement of people like Dr. Graham Pastor MacDonald found restoration and renewal in his ministry that has blessed so many people. Here's a quote from Gordon MacDonald. It says this, Each time that Dr. Billy Graham walked into my life, he has marked it. He gave me a sense of genuine godliness. A man who has preached to millions, engaged with presidents, and yet was never so aloof that he could not bring a word of grace to a flawed man in need of kindness. That's what encouragement does. The prefix N simply means to give to. Encouragers give courage to others. And as we heard through the ministry on Barnabas, it's an amazing gift to the body of Christ. Number five, giving. Mrs. Anne Hilliard. C.H. Spurgeon, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, was an amazing preacher of another time. He had a huge church in South London of several thousand people, and that church planted many churches, particularly in the southeast of England. And he was also a visionary. And as we heard last week, visionaries look ahead. They see things that nobody else is seeing. And what Pastor Spurgeon wanted was for a practical expression of the gospel. Nothing has changed. One of the great values of Arena Church is that we would be a church of words, but also a church of works. A practical expression of the ministry. And we shout out to the unsung heroes of our community project who through The pandemic have continued to open consistently and daily to minister to hundreds of lives in our local communities. Thank you, Lisa and the team for your amazing, amazing work. And here is uh, uh, Spurgeon having a vision to create an orphanage for uh, orphan... uh, The first instance for boys. It also spread later on to help young girls but boys that were orphaned or homeless he had a passion to create an orphanage a safe place for young people to come and live in the problem was there was no money and uh, how many of you know that when there is a God-given vision God then brings the provision and there was a lady that contacted Mr Spurgeon she didn't even go to his church in fact she was a clergyman's widow, but she used to read his magazine, The Sword and the Trowel. And one day she sent a gift to Spurgeon to begin to start the building work of the boys' orphanage. Mr. Spurgeon, along with one of his deacons, felt that they needed to go personally to thank Mrs. Hilliard for the gifts. And so the conversation opened up. We have come today to say thank you for your gift, Mrs. Hilliard. Thank you for the gift of £200. It's amazing. And she stopped him right there and said, Mr. Spurgeon, I've made a mistake. She says, it wasn't for £200. It was for £20,000. To which Spurgeon replied, yes, I know the cheque said £20,000, but we thought that you'd made a mistake and meant £200. Anyway... The confusion was dealt with and sure enough, this lady had given £20,000 to begin the ministry of the boys' orphanage there in South London. Today, if you converted that money into equivalent value in 2020, the gift was worth over £2,000,000. Many of you will know that Spurgeon's Homes is still an ongoing, vibrant charity today. That he's still reaching out to disadvantaged kids around our nation and doing an amazing work. All started because someone understood the power of giving and sowed a seed that has blessed hundreds and hundreds of young people. And one could only imagine the stories of restoration and retrieval from desperate situations let me speak to you today and say that your calling may not be to a pulpit but it is to the marketplace it is to the boardroom it is to build a great business it is to bless other people and for God to so use your gift to position you to live not only with the weekly monthly consistent giving of all of the church but to be graced to give in extraordinary ways that your gift may bless others in extraordinary ways. Sixthly, leading, Robert Thomas. Robert Thomas is little known in our nation, but he's a hero in Korea. And this is the reason. One of the great moves of the 20th century was in particularly South Korea, that saw some of the biggest churches in the world emerge. Literally tens of thousands of people gathering to worship God. Some of you will know about the ongoing 24-7, 365-day-year prayer ministry of Korean Christians. Many of them would go to a mountain place to pray before going into work in the morning. And God broke something in the heavenlies over that nation that has seen countless people come to Jesus Christ and find faith. There's always a seed. There's always a reason that God is able to work in those ways. And in the 19th century, a Welsh missionary, Robert Thomas, felt called to go to Korea. He was also a linguist and a doctor. And he led the way. He brought a lead. He went in front of others. We can, nowadays in our world that has become so small, easily think of Korea. We could think about, in normal days, travelling there with little thought. But in those days, it was far away. It was unknown. It was unreached. And Robert Thomas, despite some personal tragedy in his life, reached out to this nation. It led to his untimely death at the tender age of 27, but twenty years later, when missionaries arrived, expecting an unevangelized land, they found many, many believers who pointed to the amazing, albeit brief, ministry and lead of Robert Thomas that has caused that nation to be blessed in such extraordinary ways. It may be leading a church, it may be leading a school. It may be lead in a business. It may be lead in a sports environment. But may you be blessed to go out in front of others and set the way and see many following after your diligent leads. And finally, seventh, showing mercy. And I want to talk for a moment about a man whose name was Sadhu Sundar Singh. This man was an Indian missionary. He converted from another faith in his teenage years. He was disowned by his family and he used to work north of India in the mountain passes of the Nepalese-Tibetan border where often the weather was incredibly inclement. I had a Sunday school upbringing. I thank God for that and even in these times where we've perhaps been able to reflect a little bit in prayer, I've been going through names of people that influenced my life in my formative years. In a more deferent day, we used to call them uncle and auntie. Auntie Pauline, my first ever Sunday school teacher, Uncle John that used to arrive on his motorbike. Who uh, worked at uh, rally and yet used to lay something great into kids week after week, and so it went on. And one day. In my memory, I remember one of the Sunday school teachers speaking about Sadhu Sundar Singh. He had three cards with his name on at the front of the church and he got all the kids shouting out this man's name. Let me tell you a little story regarding Sadhu's ministry that reflects the fact that he was a merciful man. One day he was travelling towards Tibet And uh, he began to share his faith with a fellow traveller who was a trader and businessman. And uh, the man gave him short shrift. He said, I'm not interested in your God. And I do not want to hear about Jesus. He says, this is my philosophy in life. Everybody for themselves. That resonate with anybody that's listening this morning? Everyone for themselves. As they travelled, they stumbled upon someone who had fallen On the side of the road and was covered in snow, and their life was endangered. Sadhu Sundar Singh stopped to help. The other man moved on and said, I've no time for this. And Sadhu lifted the man onto his shoulders and carried him on his back. That particular day, going way back into Sunday school, I remember the Sunday school teacher doing exactly the same. He got hold of a kid on the front row and lifted him onto his shoulders. Nowadays, you'd probably have to fill in five forms to be able to do that, and still it wouldn't be allowed. Let me just tell you briefly that I told this story once early in ministry when I used to do a lot of school assemblies in Skegness, and I did exactly the same. The headmaster was in the assembly. He never battered an eyelid. It may be the fact that uh, he uh, loved to talk to me about football over a coffee afterwards and we became good friends and used to play squash together every week and perhaps he let me off um, from, because I too grabbed one of the kids and lifted him onto my shoulders. Here's what happened. The warmth of Sadhu Sundar Singh body temperature began to revive the man that was carried on his shoulders to the extent that by the time they came to their final part of the journey, they were able to walk into the city together. But listen, as they arrived, they stumbled upon someone that had hit his head, on a, a fallen, hit his head on a stone, and sadly had died. That man was the original trader that had set out and said, everyone for themselves. It reminds us, as we've been reminded in recent days, that life is fragile. We need to be ready to face our maker and that God has called us to be merciful, compassionate and forgiving. No more so than in these times. Unsung Heroes, what a great series. As you've seen from Christian, these people adorn the Bible and they've impacted the history of the church, as I've tried to illustrate this morning. One final story. It's from a book that is encouraging people to live out their faith in the world of work. Our Christianity is not defined by a Sunday service, but by an everyday life. And we love to gather and we have sought to do this virtually in recent weeks to encourage people, not just for Sunday, but that they might be ready for their Monday. And here's a reflection from a man that worked in high finance and it's simply entitled, Being Frank. And he says this, Where I used to work, there was a lift operator called Frank. For many people, his was a menial, repetitive job with little opportunity to shine. But day in, day out, Frank would have a smile for everyone as they came to work. Frank would greet us by name. He would tell us to have love in our hearts. Frank was a lift operator, but he did not see menial drudgery in his job. Rather, an opportunity to transmit love and joy and get people to look forward to their day. One colleague even used to walk around the block to come in at Frank's entrance so she could start her day with a warm welcome from him. People saw his job in the light of his cheerful, giving spirit. And when he retired, my company gave him a significant number of company shares, And he didn't even work for us. He worked for the owner of the office building. But Frank made a difference. This is a day, friends, for people like you. Heroes, often unsung, to stand up and make a difference. As I close, I'd like to draw three responses. Firstly, it may be today as you have engaged with us online that you have never yet given your life to Jesus. I'm going to pray a little prayer. I'm going to pray it very deliberately and I'd ask you to join with me if you'd like to begin the journey of faith. If you'd like God to get hold of your life in the power of Jesus Christ, And with the Holy Spirit indwelling you so that you can make a difference. You may not feel good enough. You may feel a little ashamed of your past. You may come from a very, very ordinary background. God, in the Bible, tells us he's drawn to ordinariness. In fact, he says the people that are not, the people that have been shunned, the people that others have walked past, they're the people I go to that I might use them for my glory. I tell you, my, gap, my background was ordinary with a capital O. But there was a time in my formative years when I realised that I wanted to give my life over to Jesus. And I recognised as I look back that He's made a far better job of it than I could ever do in my own efforts. So here's the prayer. Maybe you're in a group of people this morning listening and you want to just say this in your heart or it may be that you're on your own and if that's the case I encourage you to speak out these words as I pray and begin that personal relationship with God in Jesus Christ here's the prayer Lord Jesus I'm thanking you for creating me to make a difference I'm sorry I've gone my way And done my thing. Forgive me and receive me to yourself through your sacrifice on my behalf. I take your gift of new life, receive you into my heart and desire to follow you all my days. Amen. There's response buttons on the screen to raise a hand and to uh, receive prayer and we'd love you this morning in respecting confidentiality to give us a connect address, an email, a postal address. We'd love to get some literature and some help to you that will help you solidify the decision to become a follower of Jesus Christ. And then this morning, perhaps I'm talking to people that like me had a background of being in a boys brigade, boy scouts, a Christian boys club, girls club, Sunshine Corner, can you remember that? Some seed was sown into your life for whatever reason you've not followed it through. Maybe somebody said something to you and it caused you to get offended and you found it difficult to forgive. And here you are, 10, 20, 30, 40 years later and God's calling you back this morning as is Arena Church, calling you back because God still wants to get hold of your life and use you to make a difference. And then to all the believers across Arena Church, wow, we've got an incredible band of unsung heroes. Some of them have had to put their ministry on hold in this past season, and others like the technical and media team have never been so busy, and they continue to do an amazing job to help us to produce these services and keep us connected during the week. But as we conclude this service this morning, it may be that sometimes you serve and you may not feel that you get the gratitude that you'd like, the appreciation, or uh, even the public acclamation of something that you're doing behind the scenes. Don't worry about that. Keep bringing your life as a living sacrifice to the Lord. The Bible says that one day, each of us will be rewarded according to how we have lived in the life that God has given you. We appreciate, we honour, and we're so thankful of all the unsung heroes across the campuses of Arena Church that make this great church function go forward and prosper in the purposes of God. So let's take to heart the lessons of the Bible. Let's take to heart the lessons that have been taught in the Scriptures this morning. And may God help every one of us to live the life that he laid his life down for us so that we may live for him. May God bless you and may you have a great week.